And we're back. We are Stranger by the Dozen. I'm Conrad. There, Duncan and Drew. Before the break, the Defenders had entered the nexus of realities to find the whole team of the Six-Fingered Hand waiting for them, along with the captured forms of the Hulk, Namor, Clea, and the Silver Surfer being held prisoner. It's time for the climax of the, of the Six-Fingered Hand saga. And we're almost to Defenders 100, which is a pretty awesome milestone. So let's go to Defenders 99 from September 1981. The final conflict? J.M. DeMatteis writer Don Perlin and Joe Sinat artists. Gene Simek letterer, George Russo's colorist. Al Milgram editor, Jim Shooter editor-in-chief. That question okay. mark has me asking questions. <laughs> uh... So the Defenders are in the nexus of reality. They're confronting Maya and the rest of the Six-Fingered Hand. Uh, Hellstrom's trident proves to be ineffective against the demon. Because <laughs> he throws it right at Maya's chest, and Maya just kind of laughs, hands on his chest. Hands on his, hands on his hips. It's pretty funny. Uh, we learn quickly that uh, the demons tricked Clea into gathering up the others and bringing them to the nexus. And now they're stuck in these force bubbles that are linked to their life essences. So, like, if you destroy the force field, you'll kill the person inside. So it's a standoff. Aw, oh, dear. That's a good trap. Yeah. With the, plan, with the uh, plan fully explained, Maya takes the defenders on a tour of their new domain within the Nexus, leaving Gargoyle behind, because these demons are jerks, and they're like, hey, Gargoyle, you aren't cool. You stay back here with these trapped guys, because we don't like you. Uh, okay. okay. Exactly. Gargoyle's, Gargoyle's secondary superpower is depression. <laughs> Meanwhile, in New York City, uh, Hellcat is being all evil and, and seductive and using Devil Slayer's lost uh, demon cloak to kidnap the paralyzed Nighthawk and teleport away. Meanwhile, also, it seems like a bunch of demons are continuing to come out of Hellcat's old Devil Cloak in the rubble of her old house, and it's putting more and more demons out into the world. More on this eventually. Uh, back in the Nexus, we meet the new citizens of Citrusville, Florida, and they're all faceless weirdos. Uh, the demons are forcing the, the uh, faceless townsfolk to walk around and put on a weird faceless carnival thing, and the defenders are horrified. So, question... Yeah, please. These guys don't have faces. Yep. How are they talking? How are they going to eat those lizards on a stick? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and the answer is, I'm thinking demon magic. The best kind of magic. <laughs> anyhow, sure. it's... Okay. Yeah, anyhow, it's fight time. Uh, the team fights the demons, who then summon more demons, and the faceless townsfolk help, help the bad guys out in a fight as well. It's bad times, until suddenly, for some reason, uh, the people begin to recover their faces and then turn and fight on the demons, and suddenly the captured team members and gargoyles show up and start fighting too. Eventually, the non-six-fingered hand demons disappear in puffs of smoke, and Citrusville and the townsfolk, at them, and, and the townsfolk therein start to fade away. As this happens, the five demons themselves start to shrink. Soon they're action figure-sized and no longer a threat. 
uh, Gargoyle explains some sci-fi gobbledygook about how he was able to overload the energy fields and destroy them without killing anybody. But it's not clear why this happened or why the Defenders won all of a sudden. And hey, Just like Gargoyle have this. Yeah, it's, it's fine, but it doesn't explain the townsfolk, all right? He definitely freed them on his own, but he didn't free, make the town, he didn't make the demons, the, the, those five demons start shrinking or anything like that. And hey, wait a minute, weren't there six demons, not five? Yeah, there's like a six-fingered hand, what's going on with that? Yeah, it turns out that the fifth, the sixth demon, Maya, reveals himself to be Mephisto, Lord of the Netherworld. And that Odd ain't good. Again. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Hellcat reveals where she's carrying Nighthawk to the Arizona cave that serves as the vacation home of Satan himself. I, Back in yeah, you know, it's just where he hangs out. <laughs> I guess that makes Wait, sense. Is this Dave? the dude's dad? I mean, it's it's Damon Hellstrom's dad. Yeah, he's a son of Satan. Which means Hanging Satan is is, right. is dad of is dad of Damien Hellstrom. That's his secondary name. Okay. <laughs> Father who begat Damien. Mm-hmm. Damon, I'll have you know. And it oh, predates oh. the omen, so screw you, buddy. <laughs> uh, back in the Nexus, Mephisto explains that the rest of the six-fingered hand were just patsies to get strange to teleport people all over the world which in turn weakened the bonds of reality, as we mentioned in the first comic tonight. And I told you guys to put a pin in it for later. You can pull that pin out because now it's important. Oh, thank goodness. The pin was starting to hurt. Good. Yeah. So all the teleporting has weakened the bonds of reality until they were no longer required and the forces of Satan could come forth. As we see, as the, bat, as the villains land in New York City, and we see that's literally hell on earth. With tons of Satans everywhere. Hold up, I played this video game. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's a bunch of games. (laughs) Also, yeah, that's totally New York. I don't see much of a difference, though. (laughs) It's a little bit cleaner. Uh, uh, All the fiery dudes everywhere. That's that's standard for New York for you guys? That seems about right. Yeah, pre-Giuliani New York. Yeah, that makes sense. Aw, jeez. Okay. (laughs) Anyhow, let's go to the big one, Defenders 100, from October 1981. Hell on Earth. J.M. De Mateus, writer Don Perlin and Joe Sinat artists, Shelley Lepperman and Janice Chang, letterers, George Russo's colorist, Al Milgram editor, Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. This one's one of those comics that's in a bunch of different chapters, all right? So, chapter one. And this is a, uh, a special double-sized issue. Okay. <laughs> so, besides uh, literal Satan and Mephisto, this satanic supergroup in, includes Thog, who's an old man-thing villain, and Satanish, who we've seen a few times in Doctor Strange comics, and also uh, Demon Hellcat, or I don't know, Hell Hellcat is here as well. Oh, and Nighthawk who's uh, able to walk again for whatever reason. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the team tries to fight the demons, but no dice! Instead, we learn the terrible truth. Hellcat is Satan's daughter. Aw, What? Dip. <laughs> so it's Damien's sister? Yeah, half-sister. What? 
Yeah, he uh, Satan explains as he and Hellcat cuddle in a very gro- in a fairly gross way for father and daughter that um, you know he did the standard pretend to be a dude and then marry a lady and have a kid and then run off and sort of it explains sort of recent things about Hellcat about how she can use her powers without her costume and you know she's just named Hellcat which is just sort of a telling thing that's related to hell obviously you know uh, okay sure yeah man. Daughter of, daughter of, of, of Satan. Like Satana, but not a goody-goody anymore. Now she's hecka evil. <laughs> How far out do you think they planned this? Uh, not very, I'm thinking. <laughs> 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 Anyhow, uh, Thal offers to help, um, to, uh, offers to help Hellcat, and she is rejected, which is super sad. But it's instead time for the Satanic Endgame. Satan offers a series of three battles between the Defenders and the other three big demons. Oh, it's like Bill and Ted also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Satan's bound to offer people a chance to not uh, go to hell and stuff. That's sort of how it goes. You gotta play a fiddle or win a stratego or something like that. (laughs) For trouble. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Twister. (laughs) But so, if the good guys win, then... The, then the Satans will go back to hell, and if they lose, well, you get the point. There's no cha- choice for it. Let the fights begin! So we go to Chapter 2, and Chapter 2 is the Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Namor versus Satanish. On the slopes of Bald Mountain, where these characters fought Dormammu and Dormammu cultists in the second Defender's Adventure, way back in Marvel feature number two, a.k.a. episode seven of the podcast. Oh, we're ever so young. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, after fighting off a bunch of cultists, uh, Hulk and Namor get separated from Doctor Strange and defend and descend, I should say, into the mountain to face more blasts from the past. In this case, Zemnu the Titan and the Omegatron. Uh, this fight apparently goes poorly because... When Doctor Strange, who was knocked out in the first fight, regains consciousness, he sees Namor and the Hulk held by the fiery hands of Satanish over the now active volcano of of Bald Mountain. Doctor Strange flies out to try to save them, and for a moment does, but then the volcano erupts, and they're all incinerated. Bummer. Oh, dang. Well, so much for Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, interlude. <laughs> uh, Satan, Hellcat, and Hellstrom are in some sort of hellish honky-tonk, I guess. Um, and, they're, and they're reconnecting as like a family. And uh, Damon is in a bad mood, and Satan calls it on him. And he, says that he's bu- and he says Damon's bummed because he loved Hellcat. And now he finds out that Hellcat's his sister. And, uh, and like, they can't do it and stuff. And now he's bummed out about it. Well, because that would be super weird. Wasn't hey, even an option, though. If the devil was in, if the devil was into it, it'd literally be the uh, be the plot of that movie, Devil's Advocate. Oh, Spoilers yeah. for the end of Devil's Advocate. I was just about. I was actually just going to watch that after this podcast, but I guess never mind. Anyhow, Chapter Three sees a Nighthawk, a Gargoyle, and Devil Slayer on a battlefield fighting soldiers from all different eras. Um. Their uh, gargoyle and devil slayer are dressed as they were when they were when they served in the army, 
So Gargoyle's wearing like World War One stuff because he's an old guy. And Devil Slayer's adorable. He looks really funny with his World War One helmet and stuff. <laughs> and then Devil Slayer's in Vietnam stuff. And then Nighthawk is just holding his draft notice from, from Vietnam, which he managed to escape <laughs> with heart palpitations and stuff. And he's like, I couldn't have served if I wanted to. And then a bunch of army dudes with like their arms blown off and missing eyes and stuff. But you didn't try. You didn't try to fight in the war. And now you're a coward. We're going to beat you up. Oh, man. <laughs> the greatest weapon of all. Guilt. Hey. <laughs> Even when he's able to walk, it doesn't end up paralyzed. The end. Nighthawk's paying pretty hard in these comics. Yeah, I'm starting <laughs> to come around. I feel bad for Nighthawk right now. <laughs> Anyhow, um... Everybody's fighting everybody. There's dudes from all times and stuff. Um, it ends with it ends up with Thog leading a charge of warriors against the trio, and eventually Nighthawk manages to talk the soldiers out of fighting because, like, why keep fighting and dying for just some random devil guy? <laughs> and that seems to work until Thog uh, motions to a flying plane, and a bunch of nukes get dropped on the battlefields, and everybody dies. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's rough. Hey, these devils are cheaters, man. Uh, interlude again, and we're on a uh, on a hell merry go round, where Satan makes the hard pitch to Damon Hellstrom: "Join me at my throne, or suffer a thousand infinite torments." And finally, go to chapter four, where Silver Surfer, Valkyrie, and Clea are falling through an empty white void. In it, Mephisto offers each of them their heart's desires, like for Clea to become a master sorcerer and in charge of everybody in a sweet sorcerer's, uh, butterfly-based sorcerer supreme, or sorceress supreme outfit and stuff, and like Valkyrie back in charge of a huge fleet of, of other Valkyries. And, you know, obviously Silver Surfer back with his girlfriend that he keeps talking about, Shalabal. But Also like, in the background, you can see uh, Daffy Duck, is just, like, getting turned into, like, a plant monster thing. <laughs> he's pissing off the illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, you know, Silver Surfer's been through this before. Like, he gets offered a chance to relive his life in the way he'd prefer to be, like, every five episodes of Silver Surfer. It's a pretty common thing. So he's able to resist this pretty easily. And as he does, he convinces Clea and Valkyrie to do the same. So... Mephisto is seemingly defeated, but as the uh, as the trio flies towards the exit of this void, the door disappears, and instead they fall away into nothingness and absorbed into the whiteness. So they're all dead too. Dude, everybody's these devils dead. are just a bunch of cheaters, man. Everybody's failed because these devils are cheaters and they're jerks. Or maybe not. I, I guess. Oh, I was thinking that I should have bet Drew fifteen bucks that like everyone would lose, but now I really regret that I didn't. Yeah, you should. Sit. Yeah, and hey, don't 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 bet that fifty bucks. That's for our listeners. All right. <laughs> and anyhow, in chapter five, uh, it turns out maybe everybody isn't dead. The group wakes up at the feet of the various Satans who are in ultra uh, gloat mode. Uh, Hellstrom says the whole thing is BS and that the devil's cheated all the time. And after quickly dispatching but not killing Hellcat. He challenges Satan to a one-on-one -on -one fight for the future of reality. Father-son fight! Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's like Hot Rod, but like half, like 
half as many tridents. <laughs> uh, Hot Rod might be the best movie of all time. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> okay. That's a bold statement. As they fight, uh, though sworn not to interfere, the defenders break their oath and use their power or use their energy to power up the dark soul that's deep inside the heart of Damon Hellstrom, which is like his evil, the evil part of his bot of his mind and soul. It turns his hair to fire and makes him look way more de demonic. Even that, like turning Damon full evil is not enough to allow him to defeat Satan. However, and he loses the fight, but Satan can't kill him. He cannot kill his own son. And so he concedes and agrees to call off the infernal invasion. Aww. Yeah, man. It was to the, the fight was to the death, and he can't do it. He can't kill uh, Damon. He can't kill his own son, man. He's a good, he's a good, he's a, Satan's a good dad at his heart. <laughs> okay, I guess. So, as Satan calls off the invasion, Hellstrom asks to return to hell with him. Um, the, the actions of the defenders have basically forced him to go full devil. There's no place for him in the human world anymore. He belongs in hell. And Satan is stoked. In return, he de-devils Hellcat, and all the devils return to the Neverworld. And Satan rubs it in by implying that maybe this was his plan all along, up to and including lying about Hellcat being his daughter and stuff. And maybe this is all just a ruse for him to get his son back and, and evil at his side. Oh, Sa yeah. Satan's a jerk, guys. FYI. <laughs> And that's how we end with all the defenders standing in the middle of the street in New York City. S except for Hellstrom, who's made the ultimate sacrifice to uh, die, essentially. To go to hell to be a demon alongside his demonic father. It's a whole deal. Yeah. And then a New York cop comes along and says, Hey, what y'all he heroes doing standing around here? Don't you have, like, a world to go save? And Dr. Doing that. What do you want and Dr. Strange us? is like, maybe we just did, friend. Maybe we just did. <laughs> and we go to uh, Defenders 101 from November 1981. Renewal! J.M. Demateus, writer, Don Perlin and Joe Sinat artists, Shelley Lepperman letter, letterer, George Russo's colorist, Al Milgram editor, Jim Shooter editor-in-chief. So this is kind of a relaxation episode, <laughs> though it starts out with Hulk being pissed. Like, we won, didn't we? Let's see some smiles. But, That's the weirdest type of angry he's ever been. Yeah, it's like, why is everyone acting like someone, something bad happened? We beat the devils, didn't we? <laughs> also, I see that Nighthawk is paralyzed again. Of course, it's, it's daytime. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone's sad about their role in consigning David to hell. And both Hulk and Namor basically find this scene to be a bummer and, and peace out and leave. And Nighthawk leaves soon after, back to being sad about being paralyzed and stuff. Um, like, understandably so, though. It's, it's been going on for quite some time. Yeah, it's true. Devil Slayer ever decides to stay around and on the team as his relationship with his wife is all messed up. Everyone's feeling sorry for themselves, despite Silver Surfer and Gargoyle's attempts to cheer up the team. Uh, to that end, Val, Patsy, and Gargoyle put on civilian clothes and head out to see Dolly, Patsy's housekeeper. Uh, Hellcat also returns the Devil Club to Devil Slayer here. 
and uh, Silver Surfer, Doctor Strange, and Clea head out for a flying world tour on the Surfer's Surfboard to see some natural beauty and stuff like that. Uh, Devil Slayer himself decides to start wandering the streets of New York. As he does, he bumps into a hippie playing guitar on the sidewalk, and the hippie can see through the disguise he wears to... Um, not have people see his uh, textile Devil Slayer costume. And this freaks Devil Slayer right out. He, like, chases the hippie down and, like, you know, punches him a couple times. And it turns out that maybe this guy isn't, you know, at first he thinks the hippie's a demon, but maybe it's just, nah, this guy's just some hippie, basically. <laughs> I don't think he's just some hippie. He still can see through this dude's illusion. Mm. Meanwhile, uh, Patsy... <laughs> Uh, Patsy and Valkyrie have a moment on a bus to the hospital, if you take my meaning. Um, and they arrive to find that Dolly's doing much better and like reading stories to hospital kids and stuff like that. Uh, there's a couple heartwarming moments here, like where Gargoyle's disguise falls off, and the and uh, all the folks are like nice to him instead of being scared of him, which is nice. And um, Patsy has a has a sweet has like a nice moment with like this little kid with cancer and it's like ah like that's nice, but whatever. Uh, Silver Surfer and Doctor. <laughs> that's Silver not what Sur we're here for. Yeah, we aren't here for people being uh being ha having maudlin moments with uh, little kids and stuff. We're here for Doctor Strange, Clay, and the Silver Surfer flying to Africa where they take part in tribal dances and possibly sky based doing it and things like that. Oh my gosh, you're right. There's like a montage of Sky Dance slash... Doctor Strange and Clea making out and stuff. It's, a, it's an aerial makeout. It's like a show-off aerial makeout. This is yeah. weird. So they sort of travel around the world and get reacquainted with the humanity they've been sworn to protect, which is pretty nice, too. Meanwhile, uh, Devil Slayer takes the hippie, whose name we learn is Sunshine, back to his, des de back to his desolate apartment and realizes that Sunshine can see through Devil Slayer's magic because, you know, he does, he does, he's done a lot of heroin, basically. Um, That's it? Like, yep. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's scrambled this his brain so much. some crazy things about heroin in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, uh, if you stay high long enough, it will give you the mystical ability. It'll give you some limited mi mystical abilities to um, see through... Like, what illusions. This? I mean, obviously, the hippie guy is not doing great. He looks really haggard and all that sort of stuff, but still. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Devil Slayer has... Yeah, yeah, Devil Slayer says, um, your ability to perceive reality has been shattered by years of drug-taking. Don't you realize the damage you've done to your psyche? But also, Devil Slayer sees a lot of himself and his obsessive... Um, hunt for deep for for devils <laughs> in the obsessiveness of the junkie sunshine. So it's like he has a real moment ab ab about it. <laughs> but in the end, he ends up returning to the sanctum where all the defenders are like chilling on the stoop of the sanctum sanctorum, like sitting on the stairs out in front of the building. And he sits down to join them. And the morning light never seemed brighter. It is weird that he feels the need to, like, disguise himself when he's just, like, a regular dude in a costume and he's hanging out with, like, Silver Surfer and Gargoyle. 
Hey, Gargoyle's still wearing his civilian disguise, you know? It's more that, oh, Doctor, right. that Doctor Strange and Clea are in full mystic garb. Yeah, but it's not even well established that he just kind of like walks around in his mystic clothing and just gets compliments from strangers. <laughs> when I was in the 60s, man, I don't know. I feel like he's, he's got to be more circumspect in the go-go 80s, you know? Maybe. I mean, we'll see it, actually, in our next comic. <laughs> wow, okay. Which is, with the Six-Fingered Hand saga complete, we go to Doctor Strange 46 from April 1981. The Reality War. Bill Kunkel plot. David Michelin script. Carrie Gamill pencils. Al Milgram inks. Diana Albers letters. Bob Sharon colors. Joe Duffy and Al Milgram editors. Jim Shooter editor-in-chief. So this story takes place, or this comic came out right in the middle of the Six-Fingered Hand saga. But hey, let's say that it takes place afterwards, just just for grins. Um, okay. Doctor, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, Doctor Strange and Clea are off for for a vacation to Rome. They're flying out uh, through through like JFK Airport. The Eye of Agamotto. They're in civilian clothes, and the Eye of Agamotto. Uh, sets off the metal detector at the airport. That's so good. And he, like, changes it on the fly to a, a St. Christopher medallion or something like that. But, you know, it means that the uh, the metal detector is not fooled by his mystic clothes changing. You know what I mean? That is interesting. Between heroin and, like, science, magic has some sort of limited properties. You know, it's not the be-all, end-all, you know? Yes, I thought it was. <laughs> On the plane, Clea sleeps and dreams, and she hears strange voices in her head, and we and uh, we learn the story of Sibella, the founder of the ancient order of Sibyls, a Roman seeress. Two thousand years ago, she was a powerful seer, and Apollo offered her a place in Mount Olympus. She refused and instead became a living spirit offering aid to future Sibyls. Everything was cool until the last Sibyl, the Mad Thalia, uh, gave bad uh, searings and the or- and uh, caused the and discredited the order, and she died alone. But apparently, there was a prophecy, the Black Oracle, that had yet to pass, and to avert it, three Sibyls at once were required. So. Apollo sealed Thalia's spirit away for safekeeping for when the Black Oracle arrived. And hey, that day's today. Wouldn't you know it? And Clay is going to be the third Sybil, so good times. Um, when Doctor Strange and Clay land in Italy, Doctor Strange and Clay are su- they're suddenly teleported to the home of the Sybils in like some kind of ancient Greece time or something. They are attacked by a centurion with a ray gun who they quickly dispatch. And we learned that uh, this mountain cave of the Sybils is another nexus of realities. Linking the another one? God. Yeah, there's a bunch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this one links, links the 20th century ancient Rome and an alternate sci-fi reality where Rome never fell. And in that Rome world, they're now trying to bridge the realities and invade our world. Because they're jerks, basically. You know how Romans are. Doesn't so, make sense. They want to go to a world where they didn't do as good? Yes, they can conquer it, and then they will do as good. You know? They've, they've conquered, conquered the world. They've conquered all their world. they got to conquer more stuff. Yes. 
I mean, you know, if you have a conquer-based society, then, you know, once you finish conquering, then what is there left? You know, just a whole yeah. bunch of emptiness. Yeah, yeah more worlds. That from, like, Transformers. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> so, you know, this all goes pretty quick. That The Romans are trying to invade Earth. The Clea and these other Sybils have to kind of do a big ritual to stop it. As they do, Doctor Strange stands guard and has a big wizard fight with the magician with, with the uh, with the with, with the leader of the Roman invaders, but in the end, Clay and Strange prevails, and the civil cave collapses behind them. So now it's party time. All right, yeah. And party time's actually a second story, a moment's peace. Roger Stern words, Michael Golden pencil and colors, P. Craig Russell inks, Joe Rosen letters, uh, Joe Duffy editor. Jim Shooter Magus. <laughs> and this is a pretty, sh- it's, this is a short but fun story. I really love when P. Craig Russell does inks for stuff. The art is always amazing when he, when he's there to sort of do backup for it. Yeah, this is incredible. So the story's pretty basic, like, slay- like Clea kind of swims around and has fun while Doctor Strange reflects <laughs> on his time <laughs> as an apprentice and the duality of his relationship with Clea and then does some kind of bad boyfriend stuff, like telling her to stop swimming and having fun, like he's her dad or something. And <laughs> also saying that he's kind of, he feels kind of jealous of her quick progress in the mystic arts. That is so inappropriate. And also like, what? You're a good teacher? So that's a problem? Yeah. He's a bad boyfriend, guys. Yeah, he's a bad boyfriend. But, yeah, this, is, but this is a fun kind of short story that really... You know, is is Roger Stern basically presaging the larger problems that are about to develop in Doctor Strange and Clea's relationship, which we'll see next episode, basically. <laughs> but with vacation out of the way, dun dun dun, it's time for action with Marvel team up, one hundred and eleven, Spider Man and Devil Slayer of Spiders and Serpents, J M Demetrius. Writer, Herb Trimby, penciler, Mike Esposito, inker, Diana Alvarez, letterer, Bob Sharon, colorist, Tom DeFalco, editor, Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. So, hey, the night Man, starts. I, oh, go ahead. I just, I'm just saying, like, I really like Spider-Man a lot, so I'm, I'm kind of worried that I'm going to get bummed out by if Spider-Man's like a total jerk in this now, comic. There's some good Spider-Man stuff in this one, in both of these, actually. Okay. So it starts out as an average night for Spider-Man taking down jewelry store robbers and things like that. When suddenly the heavenly figure of Uncle Ben appears, beckoning Spider-Man into the light. Until that his devil slayer shows up and starts wrecking house. He stabs Uncle Ben right in the throat and starts killing all the other like heavenly figures all around. This is insane. <laughs> the, uh, the heavenly scene soon soon devolves and suddenly all the people turn into lizard dudes in an alleyway and eventually our heroes teleport away to spider-man's apartment (laughs) in the apartment devil slayer has spider-man read a card that says ka nama ka lajarama hey you guys say that too kanama kalajarama kanama ka larajama all right because he snake people can't read those words <laughs> it's impossible for them to do oh, so snap because there's so, not any s's in it <laughs> that's also true 
<laughs> so that's not a snake person after all. Good, good. Very yeah. good. This is a very David Icke style uh, issue of Marvel Team Up. <laughs> uh, Devil Slayer starts giving some exposition about the old days um, before there were gods and stuff. And the world was made up of demons and furries, mostly. <laughs> uh, they, they were eventually mostly destroyed by the gods, but the snake guys uh, survived a little bit in hidden snake dude outposts and stuff. But now is the time for them to come back. They just need a couple of specific individuals, which are basically the Defenders and Spider-Man, to do their plan. And they already have the Defenders... Oh, dip. <laughs> the defenders have all been ta- have all been kidnapped. Only Devil Slayer is free, and now it's time for him and Spider Man to take the fight to the snakes. To do so, <laughs> they teleport to Japan, where Devil Slayer roughs up roughs up a local, and then they infiltrate the Temple of the Spider, a big underground temple uh, complex populated by semi-feral spider dudes. They have a perfect person to be here with them. It's Spider-Man versus Man-Spider. Oh, work things out. Have a conversation. These guys have been underground for thousands of years. They don't have the ability to talk. They're just feral fighting spider dudes. I don't know. I still think they could be bros. Well, they aren't going to be a devil slayer there. He goes kill crazy during the fight, just axing the hell out of Devil, uh, the spider dude corpses. Yeah, he's really not holding back. Yeah, yeah. Don't hang out with with Devil Slayer too much, man. He's crazy. But There's like a whole scene where he just keeps like yelling, like "Die!" over and over again. Spider is like, "Okay, this is a little bit too much." As he axes the body of a uh, of a spider guy. Yeah. <laughs> so Devil Slayer sends Sp- sends, sends Spider Man out to a big spider idol to snag a snake totem in the spider idol's hands which is apparently their mission for going to this uh, temple to fight the spider guys to get the snake t- totem thing. They, uh, at this point, they te- the, the duo teleports back to, to the New York City sewers. Gross. And in the sewers, they meet the defenders who have apparently gotten free. Spider-Man almost hands over the idol until he says those magic words. Ka, nama, ka, lajarama. And oh no! <laughs> the Defenders, including Devil Slayer, all become snake dudes! Aw, oh, jeez! Oh, snap. Yeah, it turns out that they just needed the Defenders, and that Devil Slayer was a, spite, was a snake dude in disguise the whole time, trying to get the snake, the, uh, that snake totem thing to continue their plans to take over the Earth once more. Wait, am I missing something? Didn't Devil Slayer give... Spider-Man the card with the secret password on it? Yeah, he gave him a card because he couldn't say the words out loud himself. But that's the same thing that reverts the power, so he gave him their own undoing? He didn't expect Spider-Man to connect the rest of the dots. That's what I'm thinking. That is... Oh, just... Okay, let's go on. It's poor planning. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> that Listen, is the worst planning. If these guys were good at planning, then they wouldn't have been undone by the guys anyway, man. These snake... These spider guys... They aren't the, the all-powerful reptilians I've come to know and love as the actual rulers of our Earth, all right? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, during the fight, uh, Spider-Man destroys the snake totem, and the snake's plan is thwarted. And they're like, oh, man, come on. 
Um, but they decide to try to kill Spider-Man anyway out of spite. Spider-Man eventually destroys this chandelier, which the Defenders were all trapped in. And, you know, the fight sort of goes as you'd expect with all the Defenders, including and a super powerful Defenders team with the Hulk and Namor, as well as Doctor Strange, Clea, Valkyrie, and, and Gargoyle. And the snakes are beaten. Hooray! Yay! Yeah. The only problem is that during the fight, Spider-Man was bitten by one of the snakes, and he passes out. Oh, man, he's going to get double powers. <laughs> oh, Snake well, Spider-Man. Sp- like... Spider-Snake-Man. <laughs> he, he wakes up in the Sanctum Sanctorum, his arm in a sling, drinking tea through his mask, because... Uh, standard universe Doctor Strange respects the masks of superheroes. I'm like Ultimate Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> and Strange, and but Strange tells uh, Spider-Man that they have to act fast because the bite that Spider-Man received from the Snake Dude will kill him in a few hours. Oh man! Man, don't give him tea. Tell him that first. Nah, you got to drop the tea dramatically, like he does here. No, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> I mean, it's visually more appealing. I get that. <laughs> which takes us to Marvel Team-Up 112 from December 1981. Spider-Man and King Cole, a king comes riding. J.M. DeMatteis, writer Herb Trimby, penciler Mike Esposito finishes. Diana Albers, letterer Bob Sharon, colorist. Tom DeFalco, editor. Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. So this comic is a wacky one, all right, guys? <laughs> Oh, because, now? Yeah, even more so. <laughs> because uh, Cull is a spin-off of Marvel's Conan Barbarian comics. So it's a pretty crazy okay. crossover for Spider-Man to go back to like the Hyborian age to get this cure thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> so we start this comic basically where the last one ended. Spider-Man needs a cure for the poison from the bite of those snake dudes. But in the present, we don't have one. We don't know what it is. But we do know that in Conan days, uh, Cull did know a remedy for, for the snake by the snake men. So uh, we got to send Spider-Man back in time to uh, get the cure, essentially. Let's go! <laughs> yeah, Spider- <laughs> following your lead. Yeah, so uh, Spider-Man lands in the past sort of as an ast- in astral form, basically, like as a black and white spirit. And the spirit flies around and can sort of possess random dudes. And when he does, it grants them uh, Spider-Man powers for a while. And he can sort of stay in there for a little while, at least. So <laughs> it's crazy. So Spider-Man arrives in the... It mildly. Yeah, so Spider-Man arrives in the past. Um, he thwarts an assassination attempt on the life of King Cole. And then, um, in return for saving King Cole's life, uh, he asks the boon of, you know, Cole giving him the Snake Man cure, essentially. But Cole doesn't, doesn't know what the cure is. He's just some barbarian guy. But it turns out that one of his friends knows that a shaman named Jew Lark ha- uh, has the cure. So Cole and his buddies head out to get the snake bite cure from Jew Lark, the wild man shaman. And, you know, it's good times, you know. There's a bunch of sword and sorcery fighting and stuff like that. Um, Jew Lark, sort of an evil shaman guy. And so 
Spider-Man, and so Cole needs Spider-Man's help to fight him off, and blah blah blah. Yakety schmackety. You know how it goes. Yeah, this is rad. I don't is Stephen Strange in this comic, and I just am missing it though. No, he's just in the start. He sends. He's sort of in, in the framing device. So we're going through this fast. I see. <laughs> um, yeah, bunch of sword and sorcery stuff. Eventually, they convince Jew Lark to hand over the potion, which Cole drinks while possessed by Spider-Man which is apparently enough to cure him. Spider-Man returns to the present. Hooray! What? Wait. Yeah. Ho- hold up. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, it's a magical po- It's a magical potion. That's right. But, but he didn't... Sure. But he didn't uh, drink it. He yeah, drank he it while he was possessing Cole. That's good enough. No. No. I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah, man. Totally was. Anyhow, Spider-Man gets pulled back to the 20th century where he arrives... Uh, feeling fit as a fiddle, Doctor Strange brainwashes him, of course, because we can't have an episode without a brain, a, a good brainwashing. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man uh, swings out, thinking, "Hey, you know, I'll, I'll go, I, I should go uh, see that movie Excalibur that's in the films. I love sword and sorcery stuff. Like the adventure I just had that I don't remember because Doctor Strange has erased my memory for like the fifth time." <laughs> but oh, wait. No. Also, there's like a giant image of like the, the of Cole Cole. character in the yeah. background smiling down on him because he's like ah oh, ha, ha, here he in some way he still kind of remembers our adventures when we killed a bunch of spite of snake dudes and things like that it's like well you remember like the scene in lion king where like simba's dad is like formed out of the cloud or like the scene from simpsons where like simba's dad is like formed out of the cloud right in this case it's in this case it's like that but it's like a conan ripoff but it's also not a cloud, it's a giant head, so it looks like this dude's about to, like, wreck the city. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's how it goes. I think it's reasonable. <laughs> I still have questions. Ah, uh, but I don't have answers. Hey, guys. Uh, what'd, you think of, what'd you think of this of, of this week's issues, huh? It's pretty good. I thought the six-fingered yeah, hand was fun. really dope, right? I really, think, I really think it was at its strongest... When like they were using some of the more like popular Marvel characters, like I thought the peak of this this episode was with Ghost Rider showing up because he was mm-hmm. just so rad. Yeah, um, and then they sort of like petered out when it just went back to just being like generic demons. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I thought it was kind of like the the thing at the end where like um, this, where Satan can't kill Damon Hellstrom because he's his son and stuff. I thought was 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 kind of cool. And like, that I think it's confusing it, to me. But <laughs> so were so many parts of this episode. So I guess that's just like par for the course. I mean, I felt like the, the, the thing I think I like about it is that there's all this movement around and stuff, but they actually kind of take some time when they finish things. Like there's an actual like sort of, here's the big climax with everybody fighting in hell. Here's all these different things. Like here's the big end and it's, and it's bittersweet. And then... Here's like another issue afterwards of everybody sort of recovering and re- and 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 rebuilding on the ashes of this sort of you know pyrrhic victory, I guess. You mean like when Namor threw that sea monster from space into a passing by alien tractor beam? Hey, that was at the start. That doesn't count. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Glad we got that clarified. No, that that was fun too, man. I like how that kind it of kept going, fun. man. It was fun, and that that dude when he's not in his like gross fish form he's so dreamy so nebulon's super dreamy man he's the uh he's the interstellar <laughs> man i think we 
like that's like on his power card, you know, if you like, you know, like the, the, the trading cards for Marvel guys yeah. and there's all those bars of like the insane stats on them. Yeah. Of like, of like, you know, power six and agility four and all that stuff. And, uh, and Nebulon has, uh, has a dreaminess rating. That's a full seven. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you also, you gotta check out, uh, this is a bit of an aside, but Marvel vs. Capcom 3, they made those for the Capcom characters, and they had no idea what they were doing. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure that like Ryu from Street Fighter is as smart as Magneto. Nice. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. But is he as dreamy? That's the real question. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, okay, fair enough. If you'd like to contact the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email at strangerbythedozen at gmail.com or interact with the show on Facebook and Instagram. At Stranger by the Dozen. On Twitter, at Stranger by the Twelve. That's Stranger by the One Two. On Tumblr, at Stranger by the Dozen.tumblr.com. During the week, I'll post a bunch of images and quotes from this issue and post them on social media for you to check them out. Stranger by the Dozen is on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, and any other pod catching app. And remember, if you leave a five star review on any platform, I'll read it on the show. You can contact Drew on Twitter at Neo of the Dark. Duncan remains a man of mystery and keeps his own counsel, but you can look for him on the new Lucha Underground recap show, Atomic Heel Turn, now on a podcast network near you. So I, I've made a website uh, so that you know people can contact me and like give me opinions and questions and stuff. Uh, it's on GeoCities. Ooh. For a website on a newer platform, why not check out Cradaline.com, which is our podcast network site. <laughs> It's got links to all to all the shows we're doing. Uh, this one, Atomic Heel Turn, and the new 2000 AD recap show I'm doing with a friend of mine called Space Spinner 2000. Oh yeah! Or go to Drew's tripod site. One or the other. Yeah. Uh, Angel, Fire. Out Angel Fire. Angel <laughs> Fire. His dead journal. Uh, if you were listening to this podcast and you thought, yeah, I'd like to listen to some of those dudes keep talking, check out Atomic Heel Turn it's or good. other episodes of this podcast. We have, a, we have a good time. And hey, tune in next week as we spend some time with Doctor Strange among the unknowable and largely forgotten world of the Micronauts. Comic books based on children's toys have never been so strange. Then we'll uh, check in <laughs> on Damon Hellstrom in Hell and on Devil Slayer's Love Life. After that, we'll follow Doctor Strange as he fights against trickster demons engages in tantric exercises and begins down the path that will bring his relationship with Clea to its, to its inevitable conclusion. Brother Voodoo guest stars and Baron Mordo returns, but it's mostly going to be about Micronauts, and it's going to be nuts. Next week on Stranger by the Dozen. Until then, faithful listener, I say, knowing looks are exchanged, a silent decision is reached, and five humans pass, not without fear, through the ever-widening hole in reality's hearts. Pass into everything. Ghost-like fragments of a million times. A million coexistent spaces intrude upon this luminous void. And it is all these defenders can do to maintain a tenuous grip on sanity. My name is Conrad, and for my co-hosts, Duncan and Drew, this is Stranger by the Dozen. May the Vishanti guide your path.